Well, all I'll say is, it's a fucking good job he never actually moved to Swansea. Um, hello, you're <laughs> listening to listening to you, Jack Podcast, a Swansea City fan podcast, and I'm joined by Luke Lewis. How's it going, mate? Well, 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 well. It's uh, wellity, wellity, wellity. Well, well, well. It's a good, good morning. Uh, good, mo- good morning to uh, to all Swansea City fans. I think for the majority, uh, I'm doing quite quite well and very. Uh, very interested in uh, what I mean, the, how what how this episode is going to go, <laughs> uh, and uh, and where where we where we go next, I guess, uh, with uh, with obviously the news breaking. So how 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 are you how, this morning, mate? What I liked about it is um, we're both really busy at the moment with general life and just like our actual jobs, like the jobs that pay us and and keep us in in houses. Um, I was working from about six o'clock this morning. Um, I've got a really full plate on. So, of course, I texted you last night saying, emergency pod. We're, we're straight yeah. on it. Uh, any any bit of um, a free time we have is going to be on this. Um, today, if you're a regular listener of the show, this is probably going to be a slightly shorter episode than usual. Um, but very predictably, today is the ballad of Mickey D. We're going to be talking about uh, the news uh, from breaking last night about the sacking of Michael Duff, where it all went wrong for the former Swansea City head coach. And obviously, we're going to be talking about some of the potential new incomings. Um I think probably the best place to start because it is quite a lot of news to to process. But um, what was your reaction last night, mate? Because we, we were you surprised? Uh, yeah, I think you can see by the the selfie I, t- <laughs> I sent to you straight away. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised that he he uh, that he sacked based on the the performances and the you know the results and things like that. But so more 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 surprised that. It's the fifth of December, and our uh, board and owners have decided to make a decisive uh, decision, which was largely largely based on uh, on sort of the the opinions of the fans, uh, which I guess at, at uh, we've, we've mentioned a, a few times this season. It sort of we haven't really felt this kind of disconnect or this um, just disillusionment from the fans for a long time. So uh, I think it was just a read the room type of decision. And it was one that was probably quite easy in the, in the grand scheme of things, because I think 99% of the fans were pretty happy (laughs) about it. So I think it was uh, surprising that they had that uh, just that, that, enough about them to, to, to read the room and, and make the decision. So uh, just based on before previous previous uh, history, I guess, we haven't sacked a manager since 2017, since Paul Clement. So it's, yeah, it is always a bit surprising when we see a manager actually getting sacked from, from Swansea City. Yeah, this is actually quite unfamiliar ground for us. As you say, managers seem to either have a situation where it's a, a very much a mutual parting of the ways, or invariably we get a very successful manager who's usually very popular with the fans, um, basically under-equip them to to really sort of do what the owners would like, from from my opinion at least. They mm-hmm. end up invariably taking bigger jobs, and the proof is in the pudding for the last 
seven or eight of our managers. Um, it's very rare we sack them. Fittingly, the last time we did sack a manager, 2017, Paul Clement, it was a, about this sort of time of year. And then um, Gary Monk about a year before that, um, again, similar sort of time of year. So I suppose this isn't necessarily completely alien to us. We have found ourselves um, looking for a new manager before Christmas. In in the sort of relative uh, history, it's funny because yes. a lot of skeptics when 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 Duff came in were kind of saying, "Oh, he'll be gone by Christmas," and uh, he didn't <laughs> actually even last that that long. But let's um let's go back a little bit. Let's think about the first ever podcast we did in the summer. Just talking about <laughs> the the arrival, we talked about it's called Duff Love, and uh, yep. there was not a huge amount of that going around. Um, didn't seem too many sort of people by the end of his tenure that seemed overly disappointed. Um, do you think maybe this was a wrong fit from the beginning or do you think it was uh, maybe just too much too soon in terms of change at the club? Or a little bit of both, maybe? Um, yeah, yeah. I, there's always multiple reasons behind results, performances and, you know, what how this has come about. I think... I think from the from the outset, from the the appointment, the the I don't think the appointment was a um, was a bad idea. I think that the plan from the start of preseason, uh, I mean, we could we could discuss. I mean, the time it took to actually get rid of Russell Martin, um, for him to leave. Sorry, they didn't get rid of him, but uh, well, well, they kind of did. Um, (laughs) uh, So. I think that the idea was right. Okay, well, we built this identity, um, you know, under under Russell Martin, playing some the type of football that people resonate with, and you know, we have that this connection with between the club and the and the fans. Probably some of the best it's ever been uh, in recent times, anyway. Um, And then the idea was to improve things off the off the pitch in the boardroom uh and behind the scenes make things better which I, I i think things are better behind the scenes and we're more stable uh andy coleman's come in he's on the ground in swansea good decision uh and the plan was to to get in someone that has a you know maybe can uh transition our style of play into a a a, a more of a winning style of of play rather than just you know Winning the possession table every every season, so I think the idea was right. I think the the, the man they got was was wrong, and that was where, I mean, it comes down to, uh, you know, a, a, an interview and you know, a, you know, a few interviews, I guess, and a few people making the the decision, and I don't, I don't think you can. I mean, if if it if it goes right, we we praise them, right? But if it, it's gone right, I don't think we can really lay too much of a heavy blame on you know one individual person or the decision itself. It, it's one of those things that just didn't work out, um, and they've realised it. Andy Common, the board uh, board owners, realised it really quickly. Nineteen games into a season, which is by our standards a quick time to. Uh, to make a change and decide, no, we made the wrong decision, and now we are where we are. So I think it was just a, a, the wrong person for 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 the job that we 
that we have for them uh, with the, our identity and our, uh, yeah, just our style of, of play that we, we sort of demand uh, from, from our managers. And also one thing is the, the type of character that the manager is. I think Michael Duff was a completely, just a completely sort of different character to what we would usually uh go for and we noticed that really quickly you know it was such a dramatic change from his and russell martin's press conferences and the amount he wanted to share with the fans and engage uh, it was was really clear that it just wasn't the the right fit and people were all, all already you know from the a few weeks in sort of yeah, I, I don't feel too good about this we as a fan base never collectively warmed to Michael Duff and I think on the flip side he never really ingratiated himself and I I actually um there's so many different angles we can we can come at this from mm. um let's I mean just in terms of that presence I don't think he could ever really shake Russell Martin off and I think that was as you say evident in the way he dealt with his overall presence in terms of the media, in terms of how he engaged with with people, I sympathise on that side of things because um, they're, they're chalk and cheese, and and he never, mm. to be his credit, he never tried to be a Martin replacement. It was, he very much came in like a stepdad. It was very much like I'm not your dad. I'm a little bit different. Uh, you know, here's yeah, how I exactly right. I sort of do things, and we as a fan base collectively say, like, "Shut up, you're not my dad," and. Um, <laughs> It was it was a it was a tricky one because we'll come on to the the criteria I guess of what we mm. look for in a in a new manager and we'll talk about some some options there. It's it's actually really really tricky to do that because we want somebody who can play the sort of football that resonates with uh, the fan base with the sort of identity. We talked about this so many times on the podcast, and mm. we still want somebody who can get the results. So throughout his time. I was always very clear that was a really, really difficult tightrope to walk. I'm surprised yes. they've got rid of him, but not necessarily because of the results. It was only a very low win percentage. I think it was something like 23%. I think the 26, thing that surprised me... 26%. 26. Sorry, sorry mm -hmm. Michael. Um, I think the thing that surprised me is the basically by making this call, the owners have had to, and Andy Coleman especially, have had to hold their hands up and say mm -hmm. we, we got this one wrong um we'll talk about andy coleman's statement in a little bit but yeah. um you know that when we did that with bob bradley it felt like a, that felt like a very similar situation where the owners had no choice but to hold their hands up i think andy coleman showed more contrition with bob bradley the owners it was basically like oops but um but this time there's been a, a as you say a <laughs> yeah. genuine reading of the room to his to yes. his credit um, but I think ultimately, I don't think we could ever really connect with the style. The wins objectively were not there on mass. Um, in terms of the style of play, do you think maybe that was that was ever a little bit unfair, or do you think that was a justified concern that he can never really um, take off? So yeah, um, I, I think it. I think on a on a on a on a chalkboard, the the stats. Uh, they're very interesting. I, I did a little dive into them this morning, uh, and and just to see, okay, where where did he go really wrong? Uh, you know what? 
because we 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 could see that there was some good bits of football uh, coming out of the way he was playing. Um, I think it was a, a, I think there's a couple of areas where it was quite evident of where we he went wrong or where we just didn't perform. Um, very very clearly our uh, our uh, control or our our percentage of um, of of the ball that we had in the opposition penalty box and and in around the sort of the the final third of the opposition was was terrible so uh, the opposition always dominant in that area and that was a very very clear for us to see as well we we didn't we never had a um you know we don't have a striker that has, has taken really taken the ball by by its horns and um and come in and replaced joel pirro and um no. And dominated in that area, and really looked a threat. So obviously that's one area. And I don't know who. So do we put some blame on uh, on 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 all the blame and duff for that? Maybe not all of it, but a lot of it. I think. Um, obviously the recruitment that hasn't worked out yet. You know, jury's still out on the rest of the season. Obviously, long 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 season to go. Long uh, long odd season. So we hopefully the next manager can sort that out number one because every other part of the the pitch most mostly you know where we control the ball we control the game uh in uh in 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 large parts so number one that number two was the uh the we're one of the the, one of the slowest uh teams on the ball which was really different to what he promised us at the start was yeah. high paced high pressing you know more direct um you know finding different ways to break teams down not just one way which we were doing for the last two seasons but we were the we are the slowest team in possession absolutely like hands down the stats don't that lie i've got them right in front of me in terms of direct passes per game we are 20 is that 2014? Yeah, 24th. Um, <laughs> <laughs> losing my You've mind. got the stats right um, in front of you, but you can't remember how yeah. many clubs are in the league. <laughs> yeah, no, to, to 24th. Well, I have to scroll. Um, yeah, so 24th for, for, in terms of direct passes, which is very strange. You know, you don't expect that. Um, and uh, and it seems completely at odds to what he was sort of saying when he came in. No, I'm not going to be a one one style and you know, I'm going to find ways to, to break different teams down and uh, and we're going to fit a style to the players we have. But it seems that just hasn't happened. So, I, yeah, I do lay a lot of blame on that to, to Michael Duff because it's clearly something's not working. The, play, either the players don't want to do what he's asking them to do or he's not telling the players to do you know the, the, anything different. Um the, the and the, the third stat was really kind of quite plain for everyone to see is is our expected goals against was where you know, I think fourth fourth worst in the league for expected goals against in open play, and it's uh, quite clear that our defence has been yeah n- not great. We conceded in too many goals from open from, from open play. Uh, don't look confident. Uh, at, at the back at, at, for large parts and uh, conceding really silly goals in silly areas as we as we've seen um, 
over the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think it's it's quite clear that the the reasons he he came in was to we're going to be more solid defensively and we're going to find different ways to win games and it hasn't happened. So I do lay those is, two things, particularly on, on Michael Duff. So There is clearly bigger problems at the club than him, but I think fundamentally, if you go through the squad, it's actually not a bad squad. And, I, and very clearly, in terms of the playing personnel on the pitch we've taken a backward step as you say mm-hmm. we haven't really firmed up defensively which was a, a really justified criticism of last season we've not particularly been on the front foot some of the football yeah. in terms of uh, just moving it around has actually to Duff's credit I think been better than people you know give him credit, give for, credit but for I think yeah 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 such a such a glaring example of why he had to go I think quite fittingly was was uh, the game at the the weekend against Huddersfield. There was a lot of mm. questions about the team selection beforehand with Kyle Norton back at right back. <laughs> um, <laughs> and again, oh sorry, gone. No, I, I was going to just like almost defend that decision a little bit because um, <laughs> maybe I won't. But but I don't think he did bad like too badly. <laughs> but it was just because he, we had. 80% of the ball and obviously he didn't have to run back too far apart from the goal that we conceded um which uh, was a mistake but um yeah no I don't think that was you know I was like okay Carl Norton he's still he's not 100 he, 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 against Huddersfield I, I, think, I love um, Kyle yeah <laughs> I absolutely love Kyle Norton I think a, a fantastic player of the year a wonderful servant I just think it just seemed a little bit like the man was on his last legs um, Duff, I mean, mm. not, well, well, Norton too, to be fair, which is I think obviously Josh Key, maybe it's not completely fit yet, and it was one of those things. Duff probably looked at it and gone, it's Huddersfield. We know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to have eighty percent of the ball. He's not going to have to do too much, you know, defending and tireless work. He'll he's good on the ball, good on you know in in those areas. So. And I don't think it was, you know, the, the the thought process isn't completely alien to me. But you know, I I have I been think, wrong before as well. <laughs> well, well, well. I think quite fittingly for Duff's last game, you know, I thought about during the game some of his his first uh, comments in as a Swansea City manager. Do you remember he said, and we were talking about, you know, I'd rather have. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he said. I'd rather have sixty percent of the ball and win one nil than we have eighty mm-hmm. percent of the the game and draw. In this case, he said nil nil. But I thought of it because for large parts of that game, we actually had eighty percent of the ball and were very lucky mm-hmm. to to get a draw in the end. Not lucky in the sense that we it was out of nowhere. You know, we we controlled a lot of the game, but I didn't see Patino equalising. I, I thought this is just going to be one of those days. And as we said when mm-hmm. we checked in, it was like if it wasn't for the introduction of Yannick Balassi. The place would have been a library. It felt unfairly or unfairly like the manager was sucking the life out of the place. Yeah, um, yeah. The, I mean, I think the the writing was on the wall as soon as they scored that that horrible goal uh, against us in the first two minutes. And you know, I I I took my. Uh, my one of my Aussie mates who, who who lives in lives in Bristol. Shout out to him. He, he's I've introduced him to the pod as well. But shout out um, to his first Swans game. He's a football 
football fan um, knows the game well, obviously. But I was like, I come down and watch the Swans. Uh, oh, he's the, the only weekend he could come down. But I was like, it's Huddersfield. It'll be okay. You know, it's still usually pretty good atmosphere and stuff on Saturdays, three three o'clock kickoffs, and you know, should be fine. Um, even though, and we should win. Uh, you know, against Huddersfield, should you know the way that they play and the way we, you know, we play, we should we should beat them. Uh, the goal went in at two minutes, and he. He turned turned to us and said, "I bet you that's the only goal we see all day." <laughs> so he he knew the right. He knew Nine straight from ten, sort of, yeah. Be, be spot on. I absolutely hate when you recommend when you bring someone who's not a Swans fan to the games. I think I imagine a lot of other football fans have this. We bring a friend who doesn't support the club, and you always get the worst performances then, and it's fucking awful because you have to like. It's like if you take your your mate to to like comedy and it's not funny i had a, a guy who mm. took me to to dylan moran once and uh oh, yeah. i had sunstroke because i'd been out all day with no sun cream and i was basically falling asleep and every joke the guy would like look over stare at me and be like, <laughs> right <laughs> that, that was that was basically what you have to do when the swans are there they put three passes together and you're like right see look at this they're actually not <laughs> awful uh I, I digress um i mean no, yeah but, say, but place, i will thank was just, just, dead, just wasn't it yeah, I, I will thank uh, Yannick Balassi, um because if it wasn't for Yannick Balassi, yeah, it, it actually would have been a library. Actually, would have uh, we wouldn't have anything to sing about. So, um, so it was that was the fun part of the the afternoon. Um, you know, chanting Yassi, yeah, Yannick Balassi for forty Yannick minutes. Balassi, so. <laughs> Yannick Balassi, Yannick Balassi, just on loop. Um, Basically, you see, yeah. he'd, he'd actually said he, he'd said that uh, you know one of the primary reasons he came to the club was was because of the manager. So um, sorry about that, Yannick, but you've only got another six weeks or so left. Of this <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, I mean, but no, I think no. my, a lot of a lot of players do say that. But um, yeah, I, it, I think he's uh, not going to say he... I've come down for for everything else. But the manager's clearly a fraud, is he? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, that I mean, just uh, really not much to analyze. It, the, the Huddersfield result, I think, um, yeah, booze rung around at half time and at full time, even though he scored a last minute uh, equalizer. Uh, Should have we had enough chances to win the game easily, and um, yeah, we always want to win the game. I, I would, uh, I would still maybe think that they probably would have sacked him after a even if we did win the game, um, because it was still still pretty dire. Uh, just the way that, that we just knocked the ball around for, for 90 minutes, like, like as the stats say for, throughout the season, slow but not intricate. It's like we're, 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 we're slow, we've got slow pass speed uh, and we don't control the we don't have the ball for, uh, in the final third, so it's uh, very clear that we're lacking ideas uh, in how to actually break teams down, how to get a pick a pass, put a through ball through, uh, hit a long ball, you know, into a, and break, you know, break away. Yeah, it's very clear that that things are not clicking, uh, and even if they, you know, did seem to click a little bit for a few games. Uh, we've gone back to, to to things just being really quite quite poor and yeah the, the writing was on the wall I think after after uh, yeah not winning in <laughs> in a few games after 
the international break, things aren't working. You know, we're conceding goals. We're not scoring enough goals. Players don't seem players aren't, aren't performing. Um, even yeah, our most reliable player, Matt Grimes, is look is out there looking just devoid of anything that you know that even he can take uh, take from from you know the quality of player that he is. So it's yeah, it was dire, and I think my, like I said, ninety nine percent of fans are pretty happy with what what's happened last night. Have you ever seen the um, the, the film The Damned United about when Brian Clough takes over Leeds? You ever seen that? Yes, yes, uh, yeah, it's good. yeah, good film. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just picturing a scenario where it's like Saturday night and uh, <laughs> like late into the evening, and and like a slightly pissed Michael Duff just rings Russell Martin, just being like, "They won't play for me, your boys, your bastard <laughs> sons, <laughs> loyal to Big Daddy Russ." Thought you might know that. <laughs> you got Russell Martin, who's felt fallen asleep after a long coach journey back after abusing Cardiff fans. Just be like, oh, go back to sleep, man. Where's your dignity? Um, let me uh, let me read you. Well, thank you. Let me read you the the statement from Andy Coleman. Um, I think a lot of you will have seen this already. This does seem to read the room very well. I'm a big fan of Andy Coleman, to his credit. Um, it also, if I'm being a cynic, it reads like he's been absolutely hounded for weeks in the fan zone. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell yeah. he's like, I will say whatever you want just to keep you off my back, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I've made a really big point of saying, like, I'm the guy on the ground. The, mm. the buck stops with me. I nearly did the accent, but I'm not going to do it. He says, this was a very difficult decision and one that was given considerable thought and attention. I acknowledge there's been a significant amount of change at the club, both on and off the pitch during Michael's tenure. I consistently asked for patience as we gave him time to implement his plans and bring the squad together. Unfortunately, we've seen neither the results that we expect nor the progress from the squad that we need. I believe it's now in the best interest of Swansea City to make a, a change of head coach. I have the greatest respect for Michael as a person and as a leader, which is something he said straight away when he was appointed. I know how hard he and his staff have worked throughout the season for Swansea City. I want to personally thank Michael Martin, Martin Patterson, and their families for the sacrifices they've made on behalf of this club and the city. I know Michael will be successful in his next opportunity on behalf of the board and the entire club. I wish him and Martin only the best in their future endeavours. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I understand how important it is to reconnect the leadership of Swansea City Football Club and its supporters. That is one of the primary reasons why I moved here with my family this summer. Being present in Swansea matters, but so does taking responsibility. I'll learn from this experience of these last few months. My appreciation for how critical the Swansea identity is to this club has grown since the summer, and it will be high in my mind as I make the decision on our new head coach. Hmm. Well, the, uh, I, 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 uh screenshotted those last two paragraphs to you um last yep. night when the statement came out they're the two paragraphs everything else is pretty much you know pretty much um uh you know a normal corner flag a <laughs> corner flag yeah, statement I don't know why I read it, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so uh num number one I, 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 the andy common should have known this before he he uh was appointed chairman um the the ownership should have made him very aware what what it what it's like um 
what the fans expect and what what the identity of the football club. Obviously, that should have happened. Um, and we know that they're the ownership is, yeah, it's a bunch of incompetence at, 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 at a lot of times as well. In way, yeah, away. exactly. So, um, obviously, the 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 trips over here from Jake Silverstein didn't didn't resonate with him enough that there's a you know that the chairman they put in on the ground needs to understand the identity and the the expectations of the fans obviously that didn't happen um but like i said like i said at the start i don't blame the idea um but i i if it, if it pull if it came off and and like we said if if this comes off and we play less attractive football and we we end up in the top six okay we go okay that's you know that's what they're going for and that's you know that's we can't do anything about that that's fine and then it, it's paid off the results you know, have paid off. So um, the last two things, obviously, the last two paragraphs there, he, now he knows, I guess, what it what it means to to be, for a manager to be um, uh, appointed. And uh, that's, I think, is a, an honest reflection of, 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 of his uh, time here so far that he didn't understand. And now he does. And that's what he gets, what you get from being in the city, I guess, and being a fan. Um, and I think that that last possibly, maybe possibly a little dig at, at Michael Duff being present in Swansea, um, matters. Uh, I, like, so I think we, we quashed that a little bit, you know, that sort of theory that he's, you know, he, he doesn't live here. So yeah, that, um, you know, it's affecting things But you know, maybe that's a little dig. Maybe, um, you know, he, he wasn't, you know, as seemingly as committed to other managers who would come and live down here and you know Im- immerse themselves in the city i think that's the next step is is to get someone that will commit to do that uh and uh, i think that's that's quite important being such an isolated you know isolated with not on an island but we're an isolated one football team city um and it's it's important for the managers to understand what it means to be a Swansea City manager. I don't think Michael and this got that at any point, and that's the sort of the, the we can be pretty. I'm pretty confident that Andy Common understands that now, and the next appointment will that will come into consideration quite 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 a lot. We'll yeah, we'll come straight on to that. But I think just to just to wrap up from from my end in terms of Michael Duff, um, Michael Duff for me is somebody I've got a lot of sympathy for in the sense that I've never been more sort of skeptical or confused about where we're at with a Swansea City manager. I've never wanted one to succeed more that I can remember, but ultimately I think whatever the conversations he had with Andy Coleman and the owners, he was never a good fit for the club and he didn't seem to tick any of the boxes that would change people's minds about that. When he came in in the summer, he'd clearly come in off the back of some conversations that basically demonstrated, I'll continue to play good football, but it'll be a little more on the front foot and we'll get the results. Now that never happened. I think a lot of fans can forgive that if there's a plan and identity in place, if someone really 
working hard to ingratiate himself with the club. Now, that never seemed to happen. I don't know to this day if it's fair or unfair in terms of how much flack he got for not living in the city. I don't know. Maybe if Russell Martin or Graham Potter didn't live in Swansea, I don't know if they'd have had such a rough ride. But the fact is, Graham Potter and Russell Martin got how we operated as a club. Maybe they, you know, in press conferences, if, if I'm a cynic, said exactly what fans wanted to hear. But the fact is they never forgot who was who was coming in every week, who was paying their hard-earned money to come and watch this team. And uh, ultimately, you have to try and connect with the fans first and foremost. You know, they're the people that will always be there long after whoever else comes in. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. this was somebody who went back against the wall, went on the defensive. He seemed to take weird snipes. Uh, former managers play down games like the South Wales derby and the result and, and the actual performance of that was, is unforgivable. And I think that's really mm-hmm. frustrating that we can never get that back after four wins in a row. You know, yep. that, that performance now is consigned to history. That's always going to be on the record books. And we'll always have to take that um, forever, really, because that's how rivalries mm-hmm. work. Um, there were signs of improvement and maybe it was, as I say, just too much too soon. But overall, this just never looked like a, a strong fit for the club. No. Um, and that's, uh, I'm going to give some, some praise to, to the, to the, I don't know who, again, who, who the decision makers are necessarily. Andy Coleman, I guess we, we is, is the one, but um, to, to that they actually realized that their, their mistake and they didn't double down and, you know, back, Michael Duff in in another transfer window. I think, um, yeah, based off the recruitment and uh, and the, the the preseason, it was a fat. We brought in a lot of players, but at the end of the day, it, it's failed. Um, so I, I wouldn't trust that that would. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't trust the same. You know the same the manager to to have successful input into into the next window so i i i do appreciate that that that's um you know bit maybe that's the reason why they've made the decision now to get someone in with it a month before the window so they can come and establish themselves in in the club and um and then piece together some form of uh identity with the players we've got and then look to it improve that in January. I think that's um the smart decision. Uh, and I I welcome that <laughs> I welcome that that as well because I th- I think we really do need a a, uh, a a manager of a of a different ilk. Um not that I think that Michael Duff's a bad person or anything like that. I think his type of football and you know the he did it at Barnsley Cheltenham he will fit somewhere else perfectly and they'll do they'll do great things i'm sure but we are yeah. yeah just just we're just a different type of type of club we need a different we have different expectations and uh i think the overhaul over the off season didn't play into michael's hands very well you know complete staff overhaul complete player yeah. overhaul uh board overhaul or not board overhaul but the ownership sort of things going on and uh yeah, it just it all culminated into into this, I guess. And uh, yeah, it's, I like your analogy earlier. I think um, yeah, it, he's come in like the stepdad. You know, you know, it's like a, after the divorce, it's the first step stepdad coming in and 
you know, tried to stamp his authority and it's just not worked at all. <laughs> so yeah, He's come in and yeah. made crude jokes in front of your friends and just generally <laughs> embarrassed you and put down weird rules that your mum's not even yeah. that sort of uh, fussed on. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good decision and I think we're all very happy happy about it. Um <laughs> So yeah, I guess um the next next thing is who who are we going to to employ next? It's it's a very difficult yeah. one and it's scary. This is the thing, right? So Russell Martin was a tough act to follow. So even in the summer when you've got time and space to really look for your candidate, this is a really hard job to fill to to make everybody mm-hmm. happy for a number of reasons. December it's only going to be harder. You are looking for somebody at this club who can get ideally guaranteed success i.e a promotion charge and and consistently mm-hmm. look like a team that could get promoted with limited resources i do actually yep. think this um this squad is more than good enough i think that was a thing about obviously paul watson's come in for a lot of recruitment jerry yates looks crap so far but i've no doubt that somebody could get the best out of him but then you also want the manager that plays the football that we identify with the swansea way which people are sick of hearing about there that is a really difficult thing to to do both and for me the only person who seems to tick that box is uh, Luke Williams at Notts County now he, he seems a bit of an outside choice and we'll come on to some more uh, more candidates in the minute but yeah that seems to be the only person who's got a track record albeit on the lower well non-league and, and doing well at Notts County but uh, also playing the football that we can warm to um, who else has caught your eye? Yeah, um, Luke Williams is definitely on on the list of managers that I've done a bit of background on, and and I I I think he's I wouldn't be upset by that, but I I think he might be on one of my lower like t- top targets, I guess, um, purely because of of the experience. Um, uh, we, we've I say the experience, maybe, maybe, maybe Scott. I'm going to contradict myself um, in a little bit, but um, the uh, yeah, I mean, managing successfully in in the national league and um, and then doing really well now in 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 the league two is is all well and good, but can he make the step up? Um, and also, a little question mark on the on obviously he was our assistant manager under under Russell Martin, uh, left due to personal reasons. Obviously, we don't know what those reasons are. No, no, no blame there, but um, you know, a, a little. It, obviously, things can can um, can go off in your in your in your brain there, saying, okay, well, maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't like it down here, or maybe he couldn't settle here, or his family didn't settle here, or things like that. So, obviously, that couldn't be the the, the case, but but those things are little doubts that I guess, as a fan, you'd want reassured that he's not gonna, you know. He's, he is going to be able to settle here. Um, so, uh, looking at the the, the latest odds um, for for the next manager, um, and I kind of want to go through the first few that are, that are top, and then a, a, another um, spanner. But for the, the odds on this morning, Ethan Jones. The, the, the odd, um, look, this, the, I'm not saying I want him, but the odds on is Nathan, is Nathan Jones at the moment. I can't believe it. Oh, I, God no. I, <laughs> I, if my notes, I've just put Nathan Jones, no, like big capital as no, because <laughs> that will be the most tone deaf. 
appointment I would Andy, no. ever say. <laughs> <laughs> I want that a man would just resonate with the South Wales. <laughs> Andy, he's not from our bit of South Wales. <laughs> <princess. laughs> oh, Show no. him the I... clip. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and the, the thing that Sorry. scares me. The thing that scares me is that he's obviously worked with Paul Watson before, and and uh, and also Alan Sheehan was his assistant at at, at Luton as well. So uh, no, Southampton, sorry. Um, so yeah, that really scares me, and um, I'm I'm hoping that that there's enough people around the decision makers to say, "Don't you fucking dare," <laughs> because that would just Surely there'll be there'll be will. no one, no one will come to the to, to the to the. Uh, next home match and if he wants to build you know build the connection back with the fans that's obviously not the appointment to make um yeah absolutely not and i i can't see how he's odds on at the moment um just obviously i've seen articles read articles this morning of outsider i outside people saying oh yeah be a good appointment you know he plays the, the right style of football blah 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 yeah, but you don't hire someone who I'm, I, is a Cardiff fan. <laughs> it's... I'm, I'm not even sure the football is good enough. I mean, you know, Southampton fans were sick of his football last year. Now, I don't know if that's just unfair. I don't know if he was already struggling. But he couldn't sort of galvanise them. And he, there's no chance he'll galvanise us. The only people who, who that will attract are people who just think it's so funny. They're like, I have to just go and watch this. Like rubberneck in a, a car crash on the motorway. Like I sort of can't look away. Mm. And just imagine that that clown in the dugout. Nobody would ever, nobody would ever want him. Like I say, I actually think the, the celebration he did when Luton beat us a few years ago was quite funny. But that doesn't mean I want to give the guy three years. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it would be very tone deaf. We've already spent too much time talking about. It. If that happens, there will be there. There'll I don't know what will happen but there will be the biggest fan revolt since the uh since since the petty the petty days i think um oh yeah the yeah um so yeah 100 percent no um obviously it's odds on <laughs> at the moment like yeah obviously it's like betting we'll have the... you, d- <laughs> Yeah, obviously, obviously, it's just Sorry, the bet, bet three six five going, going like, oh, he's from Wales, he's he's available. There we go. He's yeah, odds who, on. Who, who's yeah, around? Like, yeah, who's around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, mate, you were delivering quite a serious point there, and all I could think about no. was the um the north the North Bank Alliance from the Petty Days, you know, the guys in Balaclavas. <laughs> <laughs> Remember them from Jack to a King? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're having a ton of smash you. Just Andy Coleman <laughs> in the fan zone, and a few blokes dressed like the IRA, just like threatening him. Um, let, let's so, talk about a few, a few other. Oh, <clears throat> go on, sorry, mate. Yeah, so, so, sorry, mate. Yeah, I've, I've got a list in front of me. So I've got a list. <laughs> no, we haven't played this show. You know, yeah, yeah. Well we done, mate. Well, you go. Your your list is probably better than mine. So Chris Davis is next on on the list, um, and uh, the, the the Tottenham uh, Tottenham uh, assistant assistant manager is linked with us in uh, the off season, and obviously not not a lot was known about him uh, in, when he was initially linked, and um, obviously has no managerial experience at the moment as as a head, but um, I really like him. I really like the the his ethos and his um, his uh experience 
working at number one at Swansea under Brendan Rodgers, working with Brendan Rodgers up until uh, up until now as well. Now working under Ange Postecoglou. Uh, a few quotes I've I've, I've got from him, um, which I think kind of resonate with with us as a as a fan base and 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 us as a style of style of football. Um, one was I thought was really quite quite interesting from from one of his, his interview with um, the coach's voice um, about him and uh, working under Brent Rogers on our in our promotion season. Um, I, I saw comments from opposition opposition managers in match day programs belittling this our style of play. Uh, there was one particular manager who called it academy football in his program notes. You know, the our style of play under Brent Rogers, the Swansea way. Um, that was the season that Swansea got promoted. So. Is very um very, <laughs> very funny. I think he, that that type of um attitude is is someone that I want here. That is no the way I I want to play football is is the right way and and we'll do it yeah. um better than anyone else. And I think that's what we've lacked this season is a type of identity that's gone. We're going to do this better than anyone else, as you kind of alluded to last last week. Um. So, so he, he worked alongside Brendan Rodgers at, at Leicester. Obviously, they played some great football, um, and um, and possession remains the key for 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 him as well. The possession based style, the core idea of controlling the ball to control the the, the control the game is still overall the better way to get results. There are other ways, and and for different sets of players, there is specificity. But for me, it's still the best way. So, obviously, in in his interview, he's very much a possession-based fo- football style, and that, that's that's exactly who, who we want. Um, uh, and and ultimately, it's about believing it's effective. Uh, I worry when I hear people talking about its aesthetic appeal. Uh, if you do it because of an image, whenever there is difficulty, you will revert to something else. You have to believe it is an effective style of football. So those those few quotes there kind of resonated with me as a as a uh, a fan of that that style of that style of play. Uh, obviously, it will be it'd be his first managerial uh, appointment, and he, he may want to. He may, may not be the right time because he's under Andrew Postecoglou at the moment, uh, learning from one of the greats. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I do like that. I do like the that 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 appointment if we if we would go for it. Well, if he's. Maybe a little too soon into his, I imagine, quite exciting job with uh, with Big Ant and doesn't fancy mm. just any other car crash carnage of, uh, of the club at the moment. Uh, a few other names there of us, similar ilk. Uh, Eric Ramsey's been mentioned, the Manchester United coach, and uh, Brian Barry Murphy, um, coach at the elite development team at Man, Man City. Um, mm-hmm. These two are a little bit wild cards, but they have both been mentioned with a club before. Obviously, working with the under twenty threes largely, but again, cultivating a really promising style. I kind of think of of Kieran McKenna there in terms of what he's done at Ipswich, you know, building that foundation, playing some absolutely gorgeous football. They've been promoted from League One, and I think they've sort of developed a real core there, a real core understanding, and that's taken them into the Championship. You know, they're they're playing some unbelievable stuff this year, getting the results, and that's because they've had a year practising at a you know, a lower quality. Uh, Chris Davis, I, I'm, I'm taking this from the uh, the Only Swans uh, page. They've done a, a really good thread. Um, not so much necessarily mm-hmm. like Bookie's favourites, but just a few 
few kind of speculative uh, names, but I think this one, you know, I'm, again, I'm just quoting them directly here. Man is well versed in the Swansea way. Ranty spent some of his formative years as a coach within the Swansea Academy setup. Uh, from there, he's gone to work both Chelsea, Manchester United, and a brief period in the Wales setup. Ramsey's only 31, but potentially the next in line in the conveyor belt of managers from the Manchester United setup. Obviously, goes on to list a few. His time on the coach's voice page focused on how to build from the back while under pressure, showing a great appetite to play football in a way that could work at Swansea City. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what are your thoughts there? I mean, these are, these are names that would you would very justifiably say, well, not a lot of experience in, in senior football. But I think there's... I think that actually a bit of a, a more general point is there's not going to be a perfect name. Obviously, some people have banded around Michael Laudrup and, and Graham Potter. You know, with bottom half of the championship, there is not yeah. going to be in December somebody who can silence every single skeptic. Mm, no, 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 no. I don't think so. Um, yeah, that's the the one thing. I, I think we we should go for someone. Uh, Someone def, definitely that type of uh, that type of stage in their career, possibly where they are looking for uh, something to prove. Um, uh, again, uh, maybe that was the similar thinking for, for Michael Duff's appointment, but um, yeah, uh, someone with a real where real belief in what 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 they want to do, what they believe in in how to play football. A real manager, a man manager as well, I think is important. Um, that's going to be one of the the, the uh, one of the the obstacles to overcome uh, is getting the respect of of the of the players first and foremost. We've got quite a few experienced players in in our in our squad now, um, players that have been there for a lot of years. I they, they constantly said that they're a tight knit group, um, which. Um, is number one a great thing uh but also two for a new manager to come in they need to that's going to be a harder job to get the respect of that tight-knit group because they're they're going to be a collective voice rather than a you know a, a ragtag bunch of um of professional footballers so someone who's yeah is a good man manager that would be the only sort of little doubt i have with um an, an academy manager i guess um coming through or a, you know a coach um coming through in their first uh, in their first appointment as a full-time first team manager, um, can they get that initial that first buy-in from from the players? So that would be a big test. Um, so I, I I personally don't think that that either those two names would be we will go for for them. Um, but yeah, well, I'm always got I, I could always be surprised, I guess. Um, the next one on the bookies' favorite was John Eustace, which I, I did a little look into because he initially um, he initially turned us down before Russell Martin took over, didn't he? Um, yeah. Which was an interesting one from from QPR, and we were kind of like, oh, well, what you know, <laughs> a little bit stuck up, um, saying, oh, why would he? Turn I remember us down th- to, to really stay? clearly thinking. Yeah, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, basically. Man. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Um, so, so he, he obviously stayed at, at, at QPI. He then got the Birmingham City uh, job, and I and he he was sacked this this season. Um, and I was thinking, oh, he must have been 
must have been shit. Too bad I didn't pay too much attention to to Birmingham's last season. Um, they they finished in eighteenth uh, or seventeenth, um, and uh, and and I and I thought oh, that's not not great. But there was a lot of turmoil going on uh, last season um, with with Birmingham City with their takeover and uh, and and a few different things. So uh, maybe you can't completely blame the manager there. This season, he started off really well. <laughs> um, they sacked him after um, after going unbeaten in his first five games. Uh, yeah, five games, three wins, two draws. Um, he then lost to to Watford, Preston North End, both both away, um, and then drew at QPR, lost to Nor- Norwich away and then beat Huddersfield and West Brom at home uh, for Birmingham City this season, and they sacked him. So it, <laughs> they were sitting in six. Yeah, he he was very unlucky. I think obviously part of that is the owners <laughs> looking for a more, more high-profile name. It went down as, as badly as, as you can imagine. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not overly enamoured by, by John Eustace right now. If he comes in, like goes out saying, he'll get my full support. I'll be telling everyone what a, what a great, smart choice it is. Um, I don't know if the if the aesthetic of the football um, mixed with a guarantee of him really getting us up the table. I don't know. Maybe if he came uh, in with a summer with a summer behind him, I think it's going to be really tricky him coming in in mid season. Um, yeah, I, put it this way. I, he, I know. He, yeah, it's probably one of the more likely ones to get the job, but I don't think he's yeah. the one that really springs out to me. Is like, oh, we've got to go and get him now. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate. I don't. It wouldn't be my first choice either. Um, I would personally rather like a Chris Davis or something like that. Um, but, but just the the, the way uh, he rec- well Birmingham recruited in the off season was we we were you know before first game of the season we were we were really uh, praising their their recruitment um, and the amount of players they got in that that came in and made a, a, an immediate effect. Um, so. Uh, he 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 had them playing some 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 decent decent football. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's um it's a it's a weird one. The, the quote from their from their their uh, chairman was was quite funny. Um, it, quote: A new first team manager will be announced in the coming days, who will be responsible for creating an identity and clear, in inverted commas, no fear playing style that all Birmingham City teams will adopt and embrace. There must have been some sort of disagreement <laughs> between what no fear means. I don't because they've got Wayne Rooney in and he's lost a bit <laughs> lost That's like all well, of his games. And he he actually said himself, it's like the players seem to shit themselves at Birmingham. They they do really well at training and then as soon as there's a crowd that they just absolutely crumble under the pressure. So that's interesting. It's very like, weird. Very, very weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, confidence issues there. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't... Uh, I mean, the, the record this season, you know, isn't bad. I think it's quite good. We, I would have taken it, obviously, being in six after uh, 10 games or so. Um, anyway, um, John Eustace, I, again, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't hate it. I don't like how he turned us down initially. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a... Maybe he didn't fancy us. Maybe he didn't fancy coming down here or whatever. So, It'll yeah, always point, it? definitely a talking point. And that's why I, this, the appointment is so important because it needs to be someone that the majority of fans, the vast majority of fans will be like, yes, that is a good appointment. And um, 
and we're all going to get behind it. And if there's any little murmur of, oh, well, he's turned us down before, um, you know, he got sacked at Birmingham, you know, what, you know, what is it, you know? So there's always, got, I think there will be that no matter what, but um, it needs to be, needs to be someone with the vast majority of, of fans on absolutely on board. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see, uh, I can see a lot of bad decisions actually, but, um, but I, I wouldn't hate that decision uh, necessarily. Let me ask you a question before we wrap up, because I saw a few other names uh, banded. I mean, mm -hmm. a few from the summer, like Kevin Muscat, um, who I don't know necessarily, if he, but even if he just drop his his credentials, I just don't know if he'd come. Edis Arabia uh, is another one. Is um, is Luke Williams on uh, on that list? Because I know there's reports that we're just not going to make an approach for him. My the reason I ask is um, obviously I saw he's a few fourth. people saying like you know he, he's fourth. Well, I say it because like. You had, I've seen a lot of Notts County fans saying like, why, why would he, why would he leave us? He's not going to leave. I've even seen neutral fans being like, why would he leave Notts County? I'm sorry, unless there was some real problem about in terms of why he left. If he fundamentally couldn't settle with his family in Swansea, you're fucking joking if you think he wouldn't leave Notts County for us. And I don't say that to be an arrogant championship club. I say it from the point of view of loving people like Graham Potter. And thinking, oh, there's no chance. Why would he? Why would he go to Brighton? We've got a good thing going here. Roberto Martinez before that. Why would he? Why would he go to Wigan? Why would he go to Wigan? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. What, I'm sorry. If there's a club above who've got more resources to compete at a higher level, nine times out of ten they go. They might. He might have a special level of love and adoration for Notts County. I highly suspect if we approached him, he'd jump. Well, I did look. At, I'd, uh, yeah, I think. I, th I think if he if that was um if we made him our number one target and the our you know our owners and um chairman board etc really made it clear that we wanted him um then yeah i I couldn't see why he wouldn't come either um not county and you know in league two you know he's still got a while to go to, up, but league, <laughs> to, yeah. To, yeah 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 i know they're in national league last season right so it's it's He's got a good thing going there. I've watched them a few times. They've been on Sky, and you know that yeah, they play some good good football. And they smashed someone the other week, uh, Bradford, I think it was. Um, they uh, yeah, so so great. But but yeah, you, you come to Swansea. We've got world class Premier League facilities. We've got um, you know quite a large playing squad now um, with with uh, professional championship level professional players. Um, Yannick a really good academy. Yannick Balassi's <laughs> here. <laughs> Got Blaine Joes and Rossies and that. No, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think um, I think if we made him that our, our our main target, then he probably he he definitely have to look at it. You know, he definitely have to, to turn his head and and say, okay, well, if they want me, and then you know they're going to guarantee me a transfer window. Then with um, you know, two transfer windows, you you got to save obviously avoiding relegation um then he can really he can really you know stamp his authority on, on on the club and put his identity through so yeah no i can see it he's 10 to 1 at the moment um fourth fourth, fourth on top um I, I do want to have a look at um just go into a little bit more about kevin muscat i'm obviously i'm australian i know him a lot better than most um and um I think it'd be fantastic appointment, honestly, and that's no, no, that's objectively not just because he's Australian and, and I have a mate in Swansea, but um, he uh, obviously followed up um, 
just most recently followed Ange Postacoglu at Yokohama. Uh, if Marinos won the league with them in his second season um, and came second this season. The J-League, he was touted for the Millwall job. Um, the reason he didn't go to Millwall, he used to play for Millwall, um, captain their side to the 2004 FA Cup um, final. Um, he, the, the J-League doesn't finish uh, until I think it's only just recently, November or so. Um, so he was in a title race trying to, 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 to win the title for the second year running. He, you can't blame they him for second, not. Didn't they? they finished second, six wins behind um, behind the. Uh, I can't remember who, um, but um, obviously you can't can't knock him for not going to the championship. You know, with six games left of his season or whatever, and he's trying going for a title. So, but now the season's over, um, and and it, it it seems like a good time for him to make the step back into European football. Um, he was. Uh, manager at um, at uh, Saint Truden in in Belgium um, for a brief period, where he was asked to completely uh, overhaul the identity of the club, um, and 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 he he did that on a shoestring budget. Results didn't happen straight away, so they 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 got rid of him. But he's had success in Japan, um, following on from Ange Postecoglou, which I will say, um, some think, oh yeah, but Ange built the team. Um, the, the season he took over, they lost all of, most of their senior players. Uh, Days and Mater, who went to Celtic, uh, the top goal scorer left. Um, uh, their, their goalkeeper, main centre back, the captain left in that season. He's built this built this 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 side to play um, energetic, attacking, possession based, high octane, all the Michael Duff buzzwords football. Um, <laughs> So, well, so. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is it as well. Sorry to interrupt, but just really briefly, mm -hmm. yeah, the J League you'll know is a very technical league, very good yes. quality of, of of possession on the ball, lots of running, lots of high intensity teams. So that would actually tick genuinely tick a, a lot of boxes, and and especially his his kind of football really does. Mm -hmm. and, and his authority that, that as it, well. It. It, mm. it is authority. He's fifty years old. He's had um a a, a good. Ten years or so in um, in management now, um, obviously it's managing in Australia as well. Yeah, that's not the perception that uh, his football, I guess, um, showed because uh, he was a nasty, absolute nasty bastard um, when he in his playing days. Um, <laughs> I I did actually watch a um a, a little video of him back in the nineties, and he um absolutely mauled Craig Bellamy. <laughs> Good, <laughs> which was <laughs> which is quite quite nasty, but um, also uh, yeah, quite quite typical of, of of him. But um, I think uh, going on about Kevin Musker, obviously something he wouldn't be cheap to get. Uh, Japan is a good football league, lots of money there as well. So I don't think it'd be a necessarily a, a, a you know a viable option. But um, someone in that sort of um, mold uh, would 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 be great, um, and that could come in and and or just get that respect straight away from the players, and uh, and work on building a you know a, a solid identity and get get that Swansea way back. I think is the type of person we need to go for. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I don't, I'm is... scared and excited at the same time. <laughs> There's one name that both of us have missed out, obviously. 
Francesco Guidolin, Francesco Oh, yeah. <laughs> one last hurrah. That's the one last time everyone's forgetting. But look, please, oh, yeah. anybody, anybody except Nathan Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually, looking at this list, fucking Steve Morrison's on the list as well. Um, we're on the is 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 twenty five to one, and again, that is purely because he's Welsh uh, and he's available. Um, so let's not let's um relax, uh, bet Victor, please. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, anyone but Nathan Jones or Steve Morrison, and uh, or or uh, yeah, any former Cardiff manager or player. <laughs> Seems great. pretty reasonable. Seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got Rotherham and then Stoke coming up shortly. We might have a new manager in the dugout by then. I'm not sure. Hopefully, it's not fucking Nathan Jones, as we say. But mm-hmm. uh, farewell, Michael Duff. Thank you for all the good times. And um, yeah, cheers again for that Cardiff game. Uh, we are yeah. Jack Podcast on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Threads. Hopefully, by the time we record next, we're going to have a new man in the dugout. But uh, if not, I'll just say, come on, the Swans, and thank you very much, Luke, for joining me, mate. Yeah, thank you, mate. This has been this has been great. This has been great. Let's go. Let's go, the Swans. <laughs>